tossing, 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 and the guy that I'm with, he's a big dude. Oh, he is of good breeding age. What are you looking for in your coffee cup? You keep looking into it like it's a telescope. Oh, dear lord, please don't die during this movie. Please. You sound like a guy just desperately jerking off with his left hand, and it's just not working out. <laughs> so you better pound those two out. I gotta just raw dog those bad boys. Yeah, Skype must have got our uh, message about, hey, that noise is, your ringtone's annoying. Maybe stop doing that. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> They're like, all right, now there's nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just like, we'll just be quiet. I don't want to offend. Uh, oh, you're pouring yourself one, I hear? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it's late enough in the day. Uh, I mean, as soon as we're done, I'm going to just hog down some food and out the door to karate and get my ass thrown around. Hmm. <laughs> I don't feel any pity for you. you uh, it's uh, a world of your own making. Yeah, I, I mean, I love it. I just, I, I'm testing on Thursday. Again? I'm rank up. Yeah, I'm going to rank up, and um, but I have to get a certain amount of, like, basically I could... I can go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then test on Thursday. Or if I skip one of those days, I gotta go all next week as well, and then you know test on. Th- I'm like, ah, I'm, I want to let's get on with this. So yeah. that means extra, extra karate time this week. Gotcha. So anyway, uh-huh. yep. Um. Oh, so uh, I got a question for you. How long does it take you to go through a drive-thru? <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. Oh. Uh, I mean, if it's Starbucks, God knows how long. Starbucks is the worst. Um, Let's just but, say, for example, something random like Taco Bell. Oh, Taco Bell, that's that's quick. I mean, you pull up, you order your, yeah, your chili cheese burrito and a couple tacos and you're... I'm looking for a number here. What, like, what are you talking... I mean, I would say on a good day for a Taco Bell or even like Wendy's when they when they used to like literally like throw the food out the drive-through window <laughs> yeah. at us. I mean, that's like a couple minutes, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, three, three minutes. Three. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, my wife and I have a joke that uh, anytime that we get a new fast food place in this town, it takes about mm, three months for it to go completely right down the shitter. To because then it's fully populated with people in this area and. Kids and meth heads and just just lazy and so everything is fucked up and slow and Taco Bell is now officially I mean it's gotten it to that point I mean let's put it this way I I, I got to about the seven minute mark granted I was there at twelve thirty but I was like okay it's full line I've got three cars in front of me I had ordered I'm past the window I'm trapped it's a one laner there's no way to get around anybody ooh ooh yeah it's Ten minutes go by, I'm like, this is... Okay, they're busy. They, they suck, but they're also... Now they're busy. Fifteen minutes go by, and I'm starting to get pissed. Because, oh because the line the line has not moved. Not one car. Mm-hmm. Tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. Twenty minutes go by, still haven't moved one car. What? 
and I can't get out. I'm completely blocked in, trapped on all sides. There's, there's, I was even looking like, I can jump the curb and get in this grass. Nope, they built a fence. They built a fence there, so you can't. Oh, and now how long was the line? Be- Could you see how long the line was behind you? Well, there was one car behind me that was at the order window, and then behind that, people probably were just kept leaving. Because now 25 minutes have gone by, and I'm still stuck here waiting on my $2 fucking order! Two things off the dollar menu. So then the cars finally move a little bit, move a little bit, but there's a long wait for each one. And, uh, 30 minutes, Eugene, over 30 minutes in the fucking drive-thru for two- Eugene? (laughs) Ask me how my food items were after waiting for 30 minutes. I'm guessing not good. Oh, like they've been sitting there for 30 fucking minutes and they were from Taco Bell. What what was this? What could this person have possibly ordered that it would have taken that long? Uh, it was nothing. Nobody ordered. They suck. They suck. Oh. They, they handed one little itty bitty bag of food to each person that came through that drive-through. So either somebody went inside and ordered a hundred thousand tacos, or they suck. And I'm telling you right now, they suck. <laughs> I threw half. I guess what? One of the things I got was their dollar, uh, uh, like chips and topping shit. Yeah. It was all, like, the very bottom of the bag chips. Like, crumbled garbage. There was not a full chip in there. And the shit was so dried out by the time I get it, I threw three-fourths of it went in the trash. Couldn't Oh! (laughs) And the other thing I got was a potato soft taco. I'm not even exaggerating when I say there were three little squares of potato in that thing. Three! Mm Mm-hmm. This doesn't surprise me. I mean, I remember back when I lived around that area, we went to... One time we went to, uh... To Dairy Queen when it was still open down there, and I, it was awful. Like I think the, it something smelled like rotten milk when we were in there. It was awful, awful. Like mm, that sounds about right. Yeah, well, that Dairy Queen closed down because it sucked so bad. Then they built yep. a brand new one further over on town on the other side of town, uh, and the wait is atrocious every time for them. But what they always do, and this is the best, you go through the drive-through and you order food and ice cream. But I mean, who would do such a thing at Dairy Queen? What's yeah. the first thing they hand you to start your weight? Ice cream. Oh, your ice cream. Uh-huh. So it's melting as uh-huh. you're waiting. Yeah. So I went to pick up food. This was a couple weeks ago. I went to pick up food for the family, and they wanted Dairy Queen, and they all got their shit. And I just sat there just chowing down all this desserty ice creamy shit that I didn't want to eat just because it was stacked taller than the cup, and it was running over all the cups. Oh. And I just wanted to throw... I, I, just, I was sat there... You know how we are when we have to wait. 30, oh, yeah. 30 minutes, dude. 30 minutes. I, in the drive-thru lane, I was just... I'm sure... Just, I was, oh, Eugene's gonna love this, because he'd be thinking the same thing as me. What am I gonna do to these fuckers? Who am I gonna chew out? Or should I yeah. order a water so I can fling it at the manager? Did Man, you chew anybody out or no? No. A kid that was working there looked like he should still be in high school, pimply-faced. I just, I told myself, I'm not... I, that kid's trying not to stick his head in the fryer later. I'm just not gonna say anything. And Yeah. I mean, literally, I'm not going to say anything. He was talking to me, and I just did not look at him and did not say one word. I didn't even look at him when I took my bag. I just drove the hell on. I. And then the food was just that had been sitting there for, oh, that's so... Oh. Three, three potato squares. There should be 20. There was three. That's not even enough to line the bottom. I got a potato soft taco, and it was lettuce and cheese. <laughs> How are you, sir? <laughs> oh, shitty. <but> whatever. <laughs> um, How is your Taco Bell order coming up today? 
Um, uh, Taco Bell is like that pretty much the entire Taco Bell experience is my life. Just (laughs) waiting on his whatever. Lack of sleep. Kids hate school, so they hate school. Come home crying. It uh, just eking it out up here in Canton. Just yep. eking eking it out. Oh, it's it's about the same down here. Um, <laughs> we're, we're we've definitely reached that stage of, of school where they're it's not new now. We're in the no, fully yeah. end of the school year, and so every day come home grumpy and complaining because yep. they're tired and mm-hmm. refuse to take naps. And then bedtime's a battle. But I gotta oh, do yeah. my homework. You told me you didn't have any homework, but I do. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. That's, uh, that's about right. That's, that's... Soccer's <laughs> over. That's got that going for me. Okay, so that's a good thing. Oh. What's the next What's the next sports ball event, though? There's volleyball still going on, right? Yeah, she's still doing volleyball. And that'll be it, then. I'll, I'll be free and clear till spring. I think. And the next thing she's talking about is taking up tennis instead of softball and my wife i don't think she's too keen on it and i'm like ah, i'm good on that do that I'd, I'd rather you do that than softball because that's a one person you we're not relying on your teammates one of the things we struggle with is and i've i shouldn't be bitching about this because i bitched about the other side of it where parents yell at the coaches i don't yell at the coaches or anything but she's at the level now where it's competitive it's no longer just get it over the net. It's competitive, like to try and make the junior varsity team and make the varsity team, et cetera, et cetera. She's in high school. Uh, and it's, it's frustrating sometimes with some of the coaches' decisions. And we don't yell at them or anything like that, but it's like, ah, why are you not playing my daughter more? Because she is not fucking up one tenth as much as that kid that you've played the entire game, but maybe you're just better friends. I, it's weird, you know? And I don't really want, I don't want to call out names. Obviously, I'm not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, but it, gotcha, it, it seems gotcha. like, why are you playing that kid? That kid's not very good. And it's not like my daughter's a superstar or anything, but she's, that kid just fucked up like 10 times in a row. My kid has hit the ball every single time, and she messes up one time, you take her out. It, it's like, what are you doing? Uh, so that's sports politics. Yes, it is. And whatever. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I, um. Yeah, just. Yeah, not really in a good mood. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a hell of a show. I can just tell already. <laughs> Let's get on with it because we have many movies to talk about. Yep. And oh, I'm I've... dying to hear yeah. about... Oh, are you ready for the other roulette? I am, yes. I'm Eric. I'm Eugene. It's... Here we go. <laughs> Come on. you got to perk it up a little bit there, dude. Okay. <laughs> I'm Eugene. <laughs> by the way, by the way, the last, oh, the last episode that I listened to, I, I like... You you edited it to where I like literally heard myself going. Yeah, I left, as, yeah, I left it all in. Yeah, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I actually rewound that several times, laughing, laughing at my funny haha. Not only did I leave it in, but I didn't alter the timing of that. You you did that. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. That's actually ah, my my spirits have elevated ever 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 so slightly. Well, let's see if Eugene can s- s- sing the roulette theme song this week. And <clears> here's <throat> well, wait till I enter in. Here's the roulette. Yeah. It's time this to spin the wheel and open the roulette. We dive in the ocean cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. Wheel for the gems in the rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I love that how, no matter how many times we do this, you don't know what the words are. Okay, on this episode of The Roulette, it is The Great Silence Up Against Swiss Family Robinson. Uh, and I'm dying to know what you think of this movie. Uh, you're up first, sir. Okay, uh, well, as we talked about before, I, th- I believe that you mentioned that this is a perfect one for the family, and it, of course, is. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting how this is a G-rated movie, but... It's G-rated for the 1960s crowd. It's I just told you it's kind of violent. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's. I'm like, wow. That's, I mean, my, my kids were fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just interesting what passed for G-rated back then. I'm like, mm, this is PG. This is this is P- firmly PG here. Um, and then I had to do some research on this movie, too, because most of the way through this movie, and if you don't know the storyline, a, a family gets shipwrecked, and they, they start living out their lives on this island. And... Um, there's a love interest there, and, you know, it's one of those, the, the types of movies to where, you know, the, um, the one son, he meets the girl or whatever, they start to, you know, they start their, their connection, and then, you know, a day or two later, but I love you, or, you know, yeah. that, like, they immediately love each other, but, um, the animals in this movie, this is 1960, not 2019, to where you can CGI animals, or, it just, <laughs> Ooh. It was like, is there such a thing as being racist towards animals? Because, <laughs> Wait, what? Or, or just, or, or maybe, uh, I'm, not sure what the, I'm not sure what the word is, but. Is it species? Maybe that, but I'm um, like, these animals look legit, like in danger, like for real in danger. Like, oh, there's a donkey or something that's just buried in mud with the head oh, or something like that. Yeah. They're riding zebras and ostriches and shit. Oh. And there, I think there was a cheetah in there somewhere, and I'm like, I, I, I feel like they're probably the actors' lives probably were in danger during that part. Maybe they but just it, evened it up by having the tiger at the in the tiger pit. Maybe they just like we're just gonna hmm. let this tiger have a shot at him to even it up yeah. with the humans. But um, <laughs> oh, it was it, very interesting, very interesting. The uh, the style of shooting this movie did fantastic at the box office. Um, it was good. I liked it. I think it was a bit long for me. Two hours and six minutes. It was long. I mean, and you can tell it felt like it was a 1960s movie, but the kids liked it. Actually, Hudson did get scared. The whole pirate thing. He got a little bit freaked out about that. I'm like, well, that means no Pirates of the Caribbean for a couple more years. Yay. Ugh. <laughs> uh, but it was fun. It was cute. It was I mean, I've walked up the tree at Disney World where, you know, the Swiss Family Robinson tree. So we've been up that tree, which is basically just a glorified waiting queue. You just, you walk up and then you walk out and then the, the ride is done. I'm like, oh, this is a, this is a queue. That yeah. You go up the, yeah. But it, yeah, it was, it was fun. I'm glad I watched it. And it's not something that I'm going to, you know, let's hit play on this at 9 p.m. and pour ourselves a drink and, you know, sit no. back and have a, no, no, no. This is, this is family time. But Swiss family time. <laughs> a little, little early for a title of the episode, but we might have it there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. I just it was something I grew up watching, and the adventure of being stranded on an island and that whole fantasy thing. Of, yeah, and the but, and the crazy yeah. treehouse. That's a kid fantasy too. Yeah, I remember walking through that treehouse in, in Disneyland as well, and just being like, "This is awesome!" And yeah, it's good stuff. I, it's impressive how that movie got made, though, or just. Imagining how the movie got made because everything was real. They had to do all of that stuff, and some of it looked quite dangerous. And I, I, I believe that they were on an island uh, to shoot some of it. And I, I looked it up. They were on an island. I think that they were at Pinewood Studios for some 
some more of the stuff, which is cool. I mean, Pinewood Studios, that's the James Bond lot. Yeah. So anyway, that, that was a thumbs up. And I figured I was going to like it. Um, I mean, it's not going to, it's not my type of movie, but that is a definitely a checklist movie right there. Cool. Yeah, I remember the last time I watched it, uh, there were some things towards the end where I actually, because now that I'm older and watched it, not as a child, I I was like, huh, how did they do that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, logistically, like, the family stacked up, they did the whole Return of the Jedi thing with the ATSTs where they unleashed a whole pile of logs down a hill and trampled a whole bunch of pirates or something, and it's like, how did you stack up all them trees? I mean, maybe you pulled a couple with the donkey or something, but there was a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think, Some of their yeah, booby uh, traps. <laughs> yeah, those, uh, the animals, they were, they were expendable on that shoot. I have, I have a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Probably. Yep. Okay. Over on my side, the Great Silence. There we go. Uh, El Grande Silencio. A mute gunfighter defends a young widow and a group of outlaws against a gang of bounty hunters in the winter of 1898, and a grim, tense struggle unfolds. Directed by Sergio Corbucci. Starring Klaus Kinski. Uh, I'll give this movie a thumbs up for being a spaghetti western. Um, I will say, though, I did not love it. it, it it's fine. I, I was disappointed that there was no dubbing, because I, I know a lot of people probably... I like that I say this, but certain movies that are foreign films just give me the fucking dubbing. And yeah, oh, I agree. I totally. I'm right there with you on on spe- especially spaghetti westerns, kung fu movies, and spaghetti westerns. I need the dubbing, especially this one where they're they're not. Uh, uh, it's not a question of where they are. It's not. Oh, maybe this is Spain, uh, Old West. Maybe it's not U.S. Old West. And then there's maps, and they're like, go to Utah. You know, it's like, okay, you're in America. So it's really weird that everybody you're talking to is speaking Spanish or Italian or whatever the hell it is. I'm not sure which it is. Is this Italian? I think it's Italian. It, yeah. Well, um, and my Blu-ray, just so you know, my Blu-ray had the uh, English dubbing on it. So that's uh, and that's the way I watched it. So I feel bad that you, I, yeah, that stinks. Yeah. It, I know I would have enjoyed it more if it had, had dubbing, but it's weird that you have a film where everybody is in America, and it's the it's they're trying to be like an old west western, and everybody's speaking a foreign language, and it's subtitled. And yeah, uh, there's a lot of talking in this movie, just a lot of chit chat, and talking about what we should maybe do or maybe not do or maybe maybe we should do that, and then somebody'll get one guy will get shot, and they'll be like, eh, maybe we shouldn't do that. And then on to the next scene. A lot of talking. It's shot beautifully, and the action is great. Hour 45, though, this was... uh, I could tell I just wasn't really in the mood for a spaghetti western. After I got about 30 minutes in, and I was just... just, It's good, but I'm just not really in the mood for this. So, it's fine. I'll give it a chance. I could see myself giving it another chance down the road if I'm in the mood for that kind of thing. Um... If you're way into Spaghetti Westerns, I say check it out, but find you a dubbed copy. I've never had that problem before. That's not something I've thought about before. But in the future, that is something I'm going to look out for. If I'm, yeah. if the Italians are making an American quote-unquote Western, I need the dubbing. Just so that, I don't know. 
Did you um, did you like the very very end, the bleak ending that they had, or which version did you? Do you remember that the ending? No, I, I I'm sorry. It was very hard to pay attention to this film. There was a lot of talking. What happened? At, what ending are you talking about? Uh, well, there's there are several different endings for this movie. And spoiler alert, if for those that are interested in watching this, but the hero, um, which is uh, the well, Grand the, Silence, is he? Yeah, the, hero? the Great Silence guy. Okay. Um, I, I uh, had so much trouble following. It's like you got bounty hunters and you got. Good guys, too, I, mean, I had, had no problem because it was I was watching the English dubbed version and it was no problem at all. Like. I, I loved it. I loved it. And Koskinski uh, is kind of a, he's a bad guy. He's a bounty hunter, but he's not. He waits for them to draw so he can shoot them or something. Yes. Yep. And then the Grand Silence is, he's a deaf guy or a yeah. guy. And then he's Yeah, the a, end, I mean, he basically, um, he gets killed. The bad guy wins. Klaus Kinski mm-hmm. kills him. Yeah. And the end, roll credits. I'm like, whoa, that was, it's just, uh, that, usually that does not happen in a movie like this. I got that ending, but I, I was, uh. I was a little confused as to who I was getting lost into who is the good guy and who's the bad guy anymore because it, well they're bounty hunters so they're going after bad guys but then the bounty hunters were out of control so there were extra good guys that went after the bounty hunters and I was but they're good guys too aren't they and then the one guy shot the other and it was over and I was okie dokie yeah I, I did really like the idea though of shooting a guy's fingers off so that he can't shoot a gun anymore yep that was cool so I'll give that one a passing thumbs up grade, but uh, if, uh, enjoyment level this time around. Eh. Oh, but I'm sure the next round's just going to be a pile uh-huh. of awesome laughs. Thanks, Steve, you dick. Um, <laughs> so we got into a conversation on our Facebook page, and Steve once again had to bring up motherfucking similars because everybody's just ha 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 ha. Let's watch the similars. So finally, in order to never hear the word similars ever spoken again, I agreed that I will watch it as long as Eugene watches it as well. And so for the next round of the roulette, we are both going to watch the similars. And, oh, it looks like another good old subtitled time. Woohoo! On a rainy night in October 2, 1968, eight characters waiting on a remote bus station for a bus heading to Mexico City start experiencing a strange phenomenon. And he said it wasn't bad. And then put it in his top, like, ten black and white movies ever made. So, clearly he's... Waka right. Waka. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm just looking to see if I've seen anything else the director has made. And the answer to that is no. Um, the Incident, Barbaros, Mexico. Uh, the Similars, uh, Parallel. Ooh, Parallel, what's that? Drama Thriller. Huh... Parallel. Well, uh, let's see how how similar it turns out, and if it's good and Parallel shows up, maybe this could be another one that we, uh, you know, we go back and forth on for a while until we both watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Why do you want to keep, why, why are you doing this a, to me? A group, a group of friends stumble upon a mirror that serves as a portal to the multiverse, but soon discover that importing... Knowledge from the other side in order to better their lives brings increasingly dangerous consequences. Kathleen Quinlan. That's someone. Uh, his latest piece is called Death Sember, so I already don't really like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm just the incident sounds good, though. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway. Wait, Death, Death Sember. Oh. I, it says segment, so that's probably uh, part of yeah, the That's a short film, yeah. yeah. Okay, there you go. Next week on The Roulette, it is The Similars. And 
then it will that word will forever be stricken from the show. Now, now we are both in agreement. We're paying attention. There's no fast forwarding. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you already watch it? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just wanting to make sure that we're both that we know the rules. That's kind of a general rule with the roulette. There's no fast forwarding roulettes. That's not yeah. unless unless you come across that kind of instance where it's a. I'm not even going to give you one exemption. No, you're not supposed to forward roulettes. <laughs> Yeah, because you know how that goes when you start to make an exception. Then it was the cho- when I was going to say that when it's the chosen level bad, maybe you can. But yeah, but we've watched <sighs> numerous chosens. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're just doing a big review show this time, or at least trying to. Yes, um, but a tease for a future episode. I think we're going to do a top ten water based. Uh, Segment that'd be next ocean, month. Yeah. Water slash ocean based segment, which that I think is going to be rife with um, controversy, fun movie trivia, <laughs> and, and and controversy too. I guess <laughs> we should also sometime do like most tear jerking movies, like top ten most tear jerking movies. Well, when it's your turn to pick, I, I thought about it too. Maybe this isn't going to be our yearly segment. Maybe we'll just keep going with this because we keep coming up with weird genre things. So why I not? Know, it's... Do a, do a once-a-month top ten. I came up with my next choice, which is now going to be, let's see, September, October. It'll be November. You sure you want to do water-based in October? Hmm. No, if it's October, we should come up with something horror-esque. Well, it's your turn, so okay. you come I'll, up with the genre or whatever. Okay, I'll churn it around the old walnut up there. <laughs> uh, but write down the uh, water-based things. Keep that in the... Okay. I, there's I, I, like there's write, so write many. So don't forget. I... Yeah. Sorry, Skype is skipping <laughs> and doing its thing. So I hear. Yeah, Skype. I heard. Fuck me. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, recently watched. You're up first. But um, was there something that we teased that you need to talk about? Or oh, probably. I mean, I. I could waste my time on the vinegar syndrome package I got. Um, I watch. I actually always like to make sure that I cover the um, theatrical viewings, and so I yeah. got a couple of theatrical movies taken care of. Um, and first up for me is oh, I know what it was. We need a Terminator update. Yes, <laughs> I was going to definitely hit on that tonight. Okay, um, three from hell. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Sid Haig. I've always always liked that guy. Um, Actually, you know what? I didn't really know him that much until House of a Thousand Corpses. And he was so good in that and especially Devil's Rejects that I actually, uh, several movies of his, I actually went and watched because I knew he was in it. Uh, THX 11. Oh, what is that one called? Uh, George Lucas? Yeah, he's in that one. THX 1138. There you go. Um, <laughs> Something, yeah, um, and some other ones. Oh, uh, Forbidden, no, not for uh, Galaxy of Terror. He was in that. He was really cool in that. But anyway, uh, Three from Hell. This is the third part in the uh, Firefly family series, I guess you could say. Um, so I saw this with Steve, and it was interesting go- going to the theater, and you could just tell, like, like everybody that was there for Three from Hell, you could just tell that crowd. They all had, you know, white zombie, Rob zombie, horror shirts, metal shirts. I'm like, yep, 
this is my crowd right here. So the crowd itself, by the way, was great. Uh, other than like a, which I guess it's kind of, kind of cool. There was like a, she had to have been 90 years old. Um, and she hobbled up the steps as the movie, this is a Fandango event. So there's no trailers. And I'm guessing that a good portion of the crowd did not know that because we were there on time. And I mean, it, it started immediately and 5, 10, 15 minutes into the movie, people are still filing in. I'm like, sorry, it's a Fandango event. You're missing the movie. There's no trailers. But one of the people that filed in was this really old lady, I mean, with a walker. <laughs> and, I mean, you just... What's re-walk. starting now? One, oh. please. And, I mean, oh, I'm like, oh, dear Lord, please don't die during this movie. Please. <laughs> um, then halfway through, she walked out, well... By, by when I say walked out, I mean like I, I'm not sure what you call it, but she exited the theater halfway through the movie or so somehow. Uh, anyway, the movie itself, uh, it's it's so low budget. I, I don't know what the actual budget was for this, but it's uh, oh okay here it says three million dollars. Oh that seems that seems very very generous, <laughs> very generous. Um, act one is the Firefly family, uh, basically trying to escape, well, trying to escape from maximum security prison, Sid Haig. Uh, Any explanation of how they lived through the ending of the last one? Uh, not really, just they're, they're evil and they, inexplicably, they survived 20 bullet holes each, whatever. All right, go with it. It's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, um... So there's a, an unknown brother from, but you haven't heard about him until this movie, played by, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, Richard Brake, which he's really good in this uh, role as Winslow Foxworth Coltrane. And that's, that's Cherry Moon Zombie and Bill Mosley's, uh, that's their, that's their brother, whatever. <sighs> Anyway, so, sounds it, like a excessive uh, uh, Rob Zombie came up with kind of name. Can't yeah, yeah. So they, they there's a prison breakout of sorts. Then there's a home invasion thing that goes on, which is pretty cool. And then there's a standoff in Mexico because uh, they flee to Mexico, and there's a standoff there. And all three segments have have some good parts. All three are relatively mean-spirited, not near as mean-spirited as Devil's Rejects, but everything has this sheen of low budget, and I know that he did have, like, he didn't have the funds that he needed, uh, which is unfortunate. I wish that he would have, I don't know, I wish he would have done something a little bit different to where he tried to make it big, but it... You didn't have the money to make it big, so you should have gone small, like done a, a Blair Witch kind of thing. Yeah, keep it keep it intimate and violent and crazy, but on a personal level. Yeah. So all in all, it was worth watching because I really like Rob Zombie, and I you know I like his movies. I really like House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, and so this is a checklist movie. I don't think you're gonna like it. I'm guessing that at some point you'll watch it, but I it doesn't feel like a you movie. That's just my personal opinion. Could I'll be watch it when it hit net, Netflix or something like that, but I'm not yeah. gonna chase it down. Yeah. So anyway, um, I will say that uh, Sherry Moon Zombie, Zombie, say what you will about her. I, she's fifty, and I think she's still beautiful. I'm, she is just gorgeous. Uh, so there, um, that's it.
Bill Mosley, on the other hand, uh, he's, he's... Ugly as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've ever been in disagreement about her looks. <laughs> yeah. I think that she actually has improved as an actress. I've actually rewatched Lords of Salem recently, and I think that that was probably her best performance. Uh, I really like that movie. Even that one, that seemed like huge budget compared to this thing. Is that the one with the radio show? Yeah, yes. Okay, yeah, I watched that. But that was small and intimate. It only had a couple of people in a couple of places. Yes, it was. Yep. Yeah, the whole shootout at the Mexican village thing. I mean, even I'm like, how did you get there? How did you get to Mexico? Like, you're the most wanted fugitives in America and cut to next scene in Mexico. I'm like, hmm, all right. Uh, facing off against lucha, luchadores with the masks and the machine guns. and uh, Clint Howard is in it, by the way. He's cool. So this he, sounds more like Machete than it does... Uh, uh, Devil's Rejects. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It. They try, and just the, the mean-spiritedness of uh, Bill Mosley in the first two, it's just... Ah, it doesn't It doesn't have the sting. It's like, uh, it's, mm, I don't know. <laughs> you can't just keep shaking your head. It's an audio podcaster. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 just... A lot of head shaking going on. Yeah, there's a lot. I, it's that's because I I I want to like it. I so desperately want to like it, and I'm just kind of. It was good, but it did pretty good, by the way. It uh, made almost two million dollars in only a couple showings of Fandango, and I guess they've uh, they're gonna have one more showing now. They added another day or whatever because it did well enough, and I'm sure like because Sid Haig just passed away, you're gonna get more fans probably going in there to yeah. see his last performance on screen. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was, it, it was interesting. Like hearing like he, he, they got uh, Rob Zombie got Sid Haig for one day uh, to film. And I'm like, he looks rough, but I just think it's cool that he's still, even at this, at his, you know, that stage in his life, he was still able to come in and he, you know, was he having health issues at that point? Is that oh, why? Yeah. He, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, but it was cool that I'm like, ah, Captain Spaulding one last time. Yep. Which I, I think that he is the best parts of House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. Oh, he's terrifying. Character. Yeah, he is. So, anyway, there you go. It was worth a watch. Okay. Uh, for my first one here, I watched something kind of similar to that. What are you looking for in your coffee cup? You keep looking into it like it's a telescope. Oh, I... pirate. And I'm <laughs> well, like, see, what okay, in the so hell could be in the bottom of that cup? The coffee cup, it's kind of heavy. So, and I keep thinking, ooh, there's another slug in here. And then I look, I'm like, oh, it's empty. Because I keep... <laughs> I've done it like three times. I'm like, what is he looking for? Oh, I always do that. I just like, oh, there might be a couple drops in there. And I'm like, eh. Anyway. <laughs> I glassed to Narnia. I don't know, Rick. <laughs> you finished that up yet? Oh, I'm saving. I got a couple more episodes. It's just wonderful. One, oh, it's wonderful. Uh, okay. Uh, let's talk about a documentary up first here. Uh, I Used to Be Normal, a boy band fangirl story. Uh, it's a surprising coming-of-age story of four diverse women who had their lives dramatically changed by their love of a boy band. Backstreet Boys, One Direction, Take That, and The Beatles. And anybody listening to this show is probably like, gee, why did you pick that? Because those don't sound like the bands you guys normally talk about. Well, uh, we got sent a screener copy from somebody wanting to promote it and asking us if we would review it, and I said, absolutely. Now... If you know my co-host, and most of you do, 
he likes death metal and metal and Slayer and and all these things. But uh, guess what he also likes? Mm, Backstreet Boys and boy bands for some oh, reason. Oh, they're awesome. I, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, not for some reason. They're they're pretty awesome. Eh. <laughs> they're for teenage girls and you. I don't know why that you have this big disparity in your in your musical choices, but it's it's this or it's this. It's nothing anything in the middle can go fuck itself, but it's this or this. Uh so anyway, I I, tr- I tried to watch it taking that part part out of it. I don't really care for boy bands, but um it was very interesting that they let me start off by saying Definitely give this movie a thumbs up. As far as a documentary, the way that it was made and constructed and edited. Editing is a huge deal on documentaries. Awesome. Perfect. Like, this is the way you do a documentary. It was, uh, I don't want to say by the numbers because that makes it sound pedestrian. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way you're supposed to edit these kinds of things together. Uh, they, They picked four interesting people with four interesting bands because it went over, it spanned over different generations. Take that and Backstreet. Well, take that would probably be a little more early '80s because I'd never heard of them. I think they were Australian, and Backstreet Boys was a little more late '80s, right? And yes, uh, yeah, uh, ninety or early One 90s Direction, yeah, and it, yeah, Backstreet Boys in '90s and One Direction was uh, aughts, I guess, and the Beatles, of course, way back in olden times. Uh, but it was interesting to see the comparison between the people freaking out about the Beatles getting off an airplane back then. And comparison to the crowds today for One Direction or even the Backstreet Boys coming back now, it's there's not a lot of difference. It, it, these people are nuts. And there is something that um, about these boy bands that is so put together like a puzzle piece to perfectly ensnare teenage girls at a vulnerable time in their life, in my opinion. Again, I'm a dude looking at this from the outside, so... I'm going to have a different opinion than most girls will probably because they'll be like, they might be remembering feeling or having those feelings. And in in my opinion, the way that I saw this is this is porn for girls. It's, it's all about love, but we don't talk about sex. It's very PG, you know, um, hmm. and, and girls just go for it like crazy, go nuts for it. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. That's okay. As long as it does not become an unhealthy kind of obsession where it's ruining your life. And they didn't really have anybody in here that it was ruining their life. But I could tell, but again, in my opinion, I could tell some of these people were on the cusp. And you know there's a, what, fan, the word fan is short for. Fan? um, Or you don't. Uh, No? Fanatic. Oh. If you're a fan of something, that's fanatic. You, I'm just saying that you can see that on a certain kind of bad day, any one of these could have possibly teetered over into the fanatic part and been stalking people. Because the girls literally talk about, oh, we were going to get, you know, I dreamed about him, I'm the perfect girl for him, I knew all their dance moves, I'm going to go to the show, they're going to ask me on stage, we're going to get married right then. Like, it gets a little like, whoa, whoa, relax there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but... It, there was enough span of time with each of the people that you get to see them come more into adulthood and realize that some of this stuff was fiction that they made up in their head and, you know, move on. That's a normal thing. That's a normal way to deal with that. As opposed to the fanatic who is then like, I'm going to stalk their house and I'm just, you know, 
Harry Styles come home one day and there's a woman living in his house. I moved in, honey! <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Uh, anyway, the documentary, I give it a thumbs up. Is I, I think you'd enjoy it. I mean, you like that music, so I think you'd be interested in it. Um, and hold on, I got some more information here. I wanted to prop them. Uh, as of September 17th, this is available on streaming sites, Amazon, In-Demand, DirecTV, Hoopla. Oh, it's on Hoopla. Cool. Vimeo On Demand, AT&T, Flixfing, Voodoo, Fandango, Sling, and Dish. So go watch it. Check it out. There you go. Uh, back to you. Okay. Um, next up is Rambo, Last Blood. Again, I watched this with um, my, my other movie... My other movie buddy, Larry, we went to the local theater after several drinks and watched this. Um, have I talked to you? Yeah, I think I told you a little bit you about it. You texted me a little bit. It okay. seemed like, uh, yeah, go on. Eh, um, part four was so good. So good. And it holds up still. Uh, I was expecting more of that. And this was not part four at all. Um, again, this felt very low budget. I'm not sure why. I think the budget was about the same as it was for the, uh, previous one, unless because they were filming over in Burma or the Philippines, wherever they were filming that when they got, maybe they, they, the money was able to be, you know, spread wider or something. I don't know. But this was, it felt low budget. Just, okay, Rambo at his farmhouse. Now Rambo in a truck. Now Rambo in a very, 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 very small town in Mexico. Now, Rambo, back. Uh, to, uh, the, the, and the more I think about the movie, the more I don't like it. Uh, at first, I'm like, yeah, that was kind of good. Uh, yeah, the, it was kind of good. The last 15, 20 minutes of the movie where he murders everything, everything else wasn't good. It just wasn't that good. Um, once again... Easy peasy getting to and from Mexico. No problem. There is nothing with the borders. What? What do you mean border wall? No. It cruise on through. Maybe I missed something. Maybe, I don't know. Um, uh, again, it's all about that last 20 minutes. You wanted that pivotal scene where he, they were like asking him, are you bringing any fruit? Or <laughs> Yes, exactly. And I didn't get it. I didn't get that. I just... Boy, between, oh, between Rambo and Three from Hell, you sound like a guy just desperately jerking off with his left hand, and it's just not working out. No, it's not. It's uncomfortable, doesn't feel the greatest, feels awkward, just like these movies. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, and then you, you know, then just a little dribble comes out, which would be the end of this movie. <laughs> You're like, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Yeah, roll credits. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But eh, I eh, watch it sometime. I, I, by the way, this I guess the version that we're getting over here is cut by 10, 11 minutes. Why? You're cutting I, a, I don't, after the last like, one, we're cutting Rambo movies now? Yeah, yeah there was like a, an intro scene to where he's on a horse in the rain and he rescues <clears throat> and he rescues a couple people, I think, or tries to rescue a couple people and he's an alcoholic. And so there's a, so some backstory stuff going on that they cut out. Um, and it feels like it, it, it feels like, okay. Like, we start, here's Rambo, here's his daughter-in-law, or whoever, some... Niece. Cousin of whatever, niece, yeah. And here's their relationship, and now she's gonna, uh... Eh, 
I mean, for as much action as Part 4 had sprinkled throughout, it's all... It's all just waiting for you at the very end, and you have to wade through a lot of droopy, sad Rambo and scummy cartel guys, but not like Sicario. (laughs) Here's another one for you to wait for Netflix. Uh, eh, I'd probably buy that since I've got all the... I own part three, for fuck's sake. I, I might as well own part five. Yeah. So we should have just basically tagged Last Blood on the end of part four and been done with it. Yes, part four was the perfect ending. It was. And here it just... No, they got another, you know, another somewhat closer, but... Who knows? You might you might think it's awesome. I don't know. I I might, because I won't be paying money to see it in the theater. I'll be watching it at home. It'll just be a... Pour exactly. A, pour a drink and well, let's watch Rambo kill some shit. And it, it's got to be better than part three. So, um, yes, it is better than part three because there is almost no jokes at all. I'm not sure if there's even one remotely funny part in the movie, which is okay. Good. I like that. He's still yeah. big, you know, he's still big and tough. That's cool. Um, again, that ending is great, but I would have been okay with just the movie starting, when the bad guys show up, just Rambo, Last Blood, and a bunch of Mexican cartel people show up at his house and he murders them all. Roll credits. There's your movie. All right. Fair enough. Back fair to you. enough. Uh, you, you're mirroring a lot of other reviews I've read. I've also heard some people quite like it. And, oh, the guy that invented Rambo is, oh, I don't like it. And I'm embarrassed to be associated with this. It's like, yeah, I bet you're going to give back all the money you've made from five Rambo movies that don't have anything to do with your books, pretty much. Yeah. Shut up. I hate it when people do that. Okay, let's, uh, finally, we're gonna, we're gonna finish up talking about The Stand for a while, because I watched the miniseries again, so let's, I'm gonna try and get through this as fast as I possibly can, but I have notes, sir, and the new one is ramping up with their casting, and what a cast, can't wait to see the new one, but let's talk about the old miniseries. What is this from? 94. Six hours and one minute long. I burned through this sucker just because after listening to 48 hours of the audiobook, six hours is nothing. It seems like a highlight reel. Uh, Gary Sinise, Molly Ringwald, Jamie Sheridan, Laura San Giacomo, Ruby D. I mean, the list goes on and on. Michael Ferrer, awesome, awesome cast. Matt Frewer. I would like them to just cast Matt Frewer again as the trash can man. Just make him the just make him the same guy in the new one. To hell with it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we've been over this uh, uh, in the last couple of episodes, and so what I wanted to do here is just go through my notes and point out stuff that was different from the book. Because uh, you're probably not going to go watch that miniseries again. Oh, it's on order for on Blu-ray for me. I. Oh. Amazon's shipping it, yep. All right, well, my list here is is not- uh, differences I noticed from the book, and I want you to do the same when you go through it, because you probably will see different things that I missed. Okay. Okay, first up, Nadine fills in for the woman Larry left New York City with. Remember that? La- yep. Larry uh, leaves with a different woman. They just put Nadine in that slot. That makes sense. It speed th- speeds things up. Uh, Mick Garris style, and skips the background character building that makes Larry's later actions make more sense. It works okay if you read the book. If you haven't read the book, it's like, Larry's kind of twitchy and weird. Uh, Abigail Fremantle is 106 instead of 108. Why? That's random. And it, it almost feels like a mistake, but 
Whatever. Uh, as far as I know, and I want you to really pay attention to this because maybe I missed it, I don't believe they mentioned The Shining at all. And that is really not cool to me because that, The Shining is sprinkled throughout that book. On multiple occasions, they bring it up. Uh, as far as having mind powers or whatever. Yeah. So really pay attention this time when you watch it. And I just tell me if they say that word, because it's possible that I missed it up front with Abigail, but I was like, I don't think they've mentioned it at all. That is not cool. Uh, the judge, he meets up with core group instead of riding in with Larry's group. That's an into Boulder. That's acceptable. I don't really mm-hmm. care about that. It's speeding things up. Uh, they never really reveal that Fran's baby is not Harold. The miniseries kind of makes it seem like she's pregnant and it's Harold's baby. They never mention her pregnancy until after her and Harold have been writing for a, a while. And then when her and Stu start getting together, then she mentions that she's pregnant. But she doesn't say anything about it not being Harold's. So, like, knowing the book and knowing that, oh, well, it's not Harold. Watching the miniseries, it's like, she's pregnant with this guy's kid, right? Oh, and, uh, wow, she, really? Yeah, it, it felt... Again, pay close attention up front. Tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think they mention the pregnancy until her and Stu are, are starting to get down. And then it doesn't make sense because when they do tell Harold, Harold's like, yeah, okay, this is okay, this is okay, it's fine. And Stu is like, good, I'm glad you're you know big about it. You would never do that if somebody's pregnant with your kid. It was just weird, in my opinion. That really changes, in my opinion too, this really changes Harold's motivation. Because from that point on, that's where he's evil. He's mm-hmm. he's doing the extra smiley thing. Yes. He's lost his mind. He's nuts now. That and was great in the book. It's great in the book, but in the miniseries, it makes it seem like because it's this pregnancy. I, at least to me it did. I... Uh, next note, the pace is lightning fast. In true McGarris fashion, character building and backgrounds are dropped for the flashy points. When you feel weird and, con- which then feels weird and confusing, unless you've read the book. If you've read the book, then you get it. If you haven't read the book, it- it- why are people making these decisions? This is weird. Uh, seems like everybody lost their mind. Uh, Joe meets Larry with Lucy instead of Nadine. Oh, Joe. The kid, Joe, who becomes Leon. Yeah. Uh, he he meets Larry with Lucy instead of Nadine. Larry, actually, I worded that dumb. Larry meets Lucy with and Joe at the same time, not Joe and Nadine. Nadine is never Joe's other mom, and in the book he was. Yep. He, and in here, they I get why you did that, and it's fine. Uh, speeding up the inevitable. Also, they never address his ability to shine, have the shining, or reveal that his name is Leo. He's Joe throughout the whole movie. Uh, Mick Garris cameo. What a damn 90s dork. Uh, nothing <laughs> more to add there. Moving on. <laughs> uh, house blows up. because it, We're getting into spoilers now. Because the extreme pacing, it's like an awful greatest hits album. If you told a seven-year-old to retell Lord of the Rings, but you only have five minutes, there's zero background buildup to this event. It, it There really isn't. It just... Do it, Harold. Blow it up. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to blow up everybody. And you're like, holy shit. What What the fuck is your problem? Like, why are you so aggressive? All, you know, it just did not have the build up the book had. And I think that a new series, now that the way, uh, way, way that TV is being handled with HBO and shit. Wh- do we know where uh, who's producing the new series? No, huh? not okay. to my knowledge. 
we could, but, but it could easily be an HBO Game of Thrones kind of thing, and we could have ten hours, ten yeah. one hour episodes or something. You know, it, it could be a lot uh, better pace than this one is. Uh, the semi bluegrass score is an inspired choice. It's very well done. Nothing else to add for that. I, r- I really like the score of this miniseries. Harold uh, bike crash. At this point, now I'm pissed that Mick didn't include any talk of The Shining, whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Is that Sam Raimi? That has to be Sam Raimi. I think Sam Raimi has a cameo in this. But uh, you let me know. For the time, the Jamie Sheridan casting is flawless. He kills it as flag. Perfect creepy face. He could be the Joker. And you know, reading the book, I still agree with this point. He is always smiling, but it's a smile that puts everybody in an awkward feeling position. Like, everybody feels like, oh, fuck. Like, not good. Uh, Stu has The Shining, and Larry carrying guitar is ridiculous. Yeah, Larry carrying his guitar. The four of you, go on a suicide mission across the country. Go out west. Eh, let me take my guitar. (laughs) All right. You're an idiot. Trash can man not given proper backstory. So, seems like he's just Looney Tunes. Again, Mick Garris. Uh, Again, it's Greatest Hits Mick, this time with the Herald Journal. Stu knows he's dead. Doesn't know how, but he knows. Um, it's The Shining. Would be easy explanation if you just minorly touched on it once in a while, but we didn't, so it's confusing and weird. <sighs> Trash Can Man is rewritten as a psycho uh, when it should have been as the book, where he was bullied and that triggered him to blow up the airport. Trash is rewritten and all wrong in the third act. I will accept any and all criticisms of this miniseries except any pointed at Jamie Sheridan. Perfect casting, perfect performance. I... Stand by that. Uh, they totally changed Nadine's ending. In the miniseries, it's a suicide. In the book, it's a murder. Oh, okay. Don't you remember? he? She aggravated him enough until he threw yeah, her he off. Yeah, he kills her. Yeah, yep. not... Mm, I don't even think he's in the room. I think he was... So he just, like... or it, No, no, I mean, in the miniseries, I don't even think he's in the room. I think he's ground floor and watches her jump off the roof or something. Anyway. Uh, those are my notes. I... Do stand by that I like this thing. It is a product of its time. It's 1990 fucking four all over the place in this bitch. But, uh, sorry this review has taken so long, but it was six damn hours long. I'm really ready to watch a new version of this that follows some of the better motivations of the characters from the book. But as it stands, if this was the only stand that I had to watch, uh, you know, on a visual medium, it's pretty good. I enjoy it. Yeah, and I'll, I mean, once I watch... My version, I'll uh, chime in briefly about my thoughts on it. Just... Well, do take notes on changes, please. Yeah, because it's, f- it's fairly fresh in my mind as well. I just finished it not that terribly long ago. Okay, back to you. Um, the Doors. Uh, I finally watched The Doors, uh, especially with, with just the whole Val Kilmer deal that we did. I'm like, you know what? It's time. I need to get this checked off the list and watch it. I... Watched it, which which is a very interesting watch. I watched the first half in the evening, um, and then I finished it up on a Sunday morning at like 5.30 in the morning, which is just weird. Just weird. (laughs) Um, I will agree with you totally on uh, Oliver Stone being a very good choice for director on this subject. Uh, And his 
his style goes quite well with actually I know a little bit more about the doors now because of this movie and I read up a little bit about it as well in preparation for the movie so I'm like okay I know what to expect and what you've been saying uh, it, it is a good movie it's a very good movie it's really well made it's not one that I'm going to revisit uh, often or I mean I'll probably re- revisit it down the road a ways but it's it's depressing but not in a like a Schindler's List depressing sort of way it's just oh it's just I Oh, Val Kilmer, he totally uh, encapsulates Jim Morrison. And I don't, I don't know, I don't, you know, I haven't seen really any interviews with Jim Morrison or anything like that, but dude looks like him and sounds like him. And I'm assuming acts probably like he acted, which is a complete, just drugged out alcoholic that liked to write poetry and kind of be an asshole, I yep. guess. Am I allowed to say that? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I say I, so, yeah. Um, oh, it was interesting. It, it, the movie just is so chaotic in that, like, there's there's a plot. There is a plot, but it just skips around. Like, it's just frantic. for some, or It's hard for me to describe. Like, it's just random scenes put together. And the closest thing I can think of is... Bohemian Rhapsody, which is not, this is not like Bohemian Rhapsody, but it is a bit more of a character study, study like that, like it was with Freddie Mercury. Here it's Jim Morrison, and we follow him quite a bit. We follow Jim Morrison's character way more than his bandmates, but dear God, I mean. <laughs> I think of the I skipping mean, we're around, talking, you're not wrong, you're not wrong, but I think of the skipping around kind of shit as like part of the drug psychedelic nature of this, that and the alcoholic blackouts. So there are pieces just kind of missing. And, and yeah. Yeah, fuck it, let's do more drugs and write some more poetry. Oh, that guy drank. Oh, man, did he drink. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just like all four dudes from Motley Crue just all morphed into one guy from the 60s. At Jim Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> I just about sprayed shit all over my keyboard. Uh. Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> great, uh, it's great cast, too. I like to see Billy Idol had a small role in there and uh, man, what a movie! Michael Madsen is really good in it. it whoo! But when it was done, I'm like, okay, I'm glad this movie is over. Now, time for something more upbeat. Which, whatever I watched after that was not upbeat. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Vinegar Syndrome, something or other. Happy fun time, Lords of yeah. Salem. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, but that, that sounds watch. about like. Uh... As I sold it, that doesn't sound far off from how I sold it to you. Just, it's a checklist film. It's one of my favorite from Oliver Stone. It's the, my favorite Val Kilmer performance. Yeah. I mean, what do you what do you expect from the psychedelic? I mean, they invented rock and roll in a in a manner of speech, or they invented the rock star. That's what I should say. Yeah. As far as you being are right, just psychotically imbued with every form of hallucinogen and mind altering substance you can find, and at one minute you're professing your love for your longtime girlfriend, Meg Ryan, and the next minute you're in some kind of satanic marriage with some witch bitch. Oh, I know. And just, oh, they always was wearing the black leather. And it just, yeah, he and he truly was a rock star. He was a lizard king and he yep. can do anything. Okay. Uh, anything else for that? Sorry. Nope. That's, that's it for the doors. X-Men Dark Phoenix. Did you get a chance to watch my rental of this? I did not, no. Okay. 
No biggie. Curious about your review of it, though. I saw you posted a little bit on social media about it. Uh, this is like the, I don't know, 15th Fox attempt at an X-Men movie, and it's about the same as all of them, I'd say. It, that, that's to say it was, it was entertaining as far as the um, uh, first class series goes. Is that mm-hmm. what we're going to call it now? Yeah. Because it's kind of, they rebooted from the first series, X-Men 1, 2, 3. Then we Days of Future Past kind of rebooted that whole timeline. And now we're taking another stab at the Phoenix Saga. Missing, swinging and missing completely again on the way that is in the books. It's an interesting interpretation, again, but also a swing and a miss. Um, as with most of these comic book movies, I tend to, if I get excited, I tend to have a couple too many drinks while I'm watching. I'm like, oh, there's so-and-so, and there's so-and-so, and there's so-and-so. And then I'm like, hmm, next day I'm like, how did that movie end? <laughs> uh, but I will be watching it again. It's another one that I'll, I'll I, I gotta have them all. And I would say that it's better than X-Men 3, so it's still a step up from... The lowest of the low tier, I would say it's better than, uh... There we go! Go upstairs! And I hear an ambulance in the background. They were banned to the upstairs. Then they just decided to come down and start screaming. Because why not? It'll go right along with the ambulance. Yep. <laughs> ah, there he goes. There he goes. Up. Oh, bye, bye, Eric. Um. Oh, should I talk about um? Oh, what the hell? Garbage. Secta Siniestra. That's one of the Vinegar Syndrome movies I got from Spain, I think, where a woman is impregnated and gives birth to a. Devil doll, I think. Awful. Just, just awful. Um, yet strangely watchable. Strangely, oh, he's back. Oh, what? No. Just nonsense garbage talk from yours truly. No, that's how I feel. <laughs> but what I just had to go do, I mean, you can give him the remote and sit him on the couch. There'll be statues for ten hours. Hey, I need you to be quiet for 90 minutes while I record a podcast. (laughs) They're upstairs stomping around and screaming. Why? He just looks at me and goes... Oh. Why are you back down here? Uh, Holden said you were acting like a kid. (sighs) Go upstairs and play video games. This is the intermission, folks. This is kind of what what's called father intermission. Both of you go upstairs and play video games or play in your room. I don't care. Just be quiet. I don't care. Leave Holden alone. Close the door. Let Roger in. Come here, Rogers. Close the door. Go play. Be quiet. Oh, Eugene. Yeah. Ask me if he closed the door. Nope. Nope. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) Oh, that one is his mother's son.
Uh-huh. Just stubborn. X-Men. Uh, it's better than the lower-tier X-Men movies, the X-Men Origins and all that stuff. I enjoyed it more than that. And there's... I'm, this isn't really too spoilery. I, I'm actually telling you this so that you remain interested when you actually do get around to watching it. Uh, because the first half is kind of talky for a two-hour movie. Two-hour X-Men movie. Yeah. But then there's we get to the third act, and we get to, like, a train. And I'm not entirely even sure I remember what the point of what was going on there. But all of a sudden... There's aliens that look like humans, and at a certain point, the X-Men just kind of do this thing where they all kind of look at each other, and I know that they're not Batman. They don't have this absolute zero-tolerance policy of no kill, no killing. I know that. But there's a certain point where they look at each other and they go, you know what? Fuck it. Let's kill everything. And they just start killing things. I'm, I know in the books, I mean... They try not to kill, whether even if it's aliens. But in this one, they, they just said, hmm, they flipped on the murder switch. To, to I kind of like that. Yeah, I did too. I was kind of shocking. And they were kind of shocked by themselves. Because they're, they're, these are the kid versions of the X-Men. And Nightcrawler, at one point, he's just like, ah, tail through your neck. And he was like, uh-huh, ooh, but also I'm going to do it again. I, it was... Awkward. <laughs> in a good way. I, well, this is interesting, and, well, this is the last Fox X-Men movie, so I guess go for it. <laughs> I'd have to watch it again to give it a real score and review, but... Eh, this Dark Phoenix shit. Why are they so obsessed with doing this story? Unless you're going to do the story from the damn comic books, quit. Just stop trying to do this story unless you're going to actually do the damn thing. I get it, X, uh, Days of Future Past, you altered some things to, uh, you altered it to send Logan back instead of Kitty Pride. You know what? That kind of makes sense in that Watchmen ending change sort of way. All the changes you're making here, meh, it doesn't make anybody happy. Uh, the people who don't know the story don't give a shit, and the people who do know the story are like, fuck this. So you're not pleasing anybody. Yeah. It's fine. It It's... Seems a little thrown together, but you still get good performances from all the cast and a couple cool new cameos from some other X Men and blah de blah de blah. But I'm sure you'll be like, eh, fine, I guess. That's that. You'll you'll like it about as much as you did Apocalypse, the last one. Yeah. Yep. Which those are great movies to watch with the wife. She likes the X Men series, and so do I. But those are just yeah, all right. Two hours done or whatever it is. Yep. They're they're my. <clears throat> Italian giallos. That's what they are. Okay. And the, like the shitty ones. It's like, eh, huh? Uh, I'll watch it three times and then I'll defend it on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. There you go. Uh, okay. Back to you. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. All right. Here we go. Excellent. Still holds up. Uh, literally holds up on almost every single level. The CGI is still cool. You can tell it's CGI, but... Jim Cameron, uh, it, it almost was, was like he, know, he knew this was fairly new technology. And so it was filmed in a way that it it's aged gracefully. Like it still is cool. Like his T-1000 is, it, it still looks legit real. And like the, the CGI movement of this thing, like they made it so that, yeah, it's it looks kind of odd, but that's how that 
machine is. And I think that was brilliant. I, I cannot believe how well the CGI holds up in this movie. Uh, the action is spectacular. That helicopter scene towards the end, flying underneath the... I'm like, how did someone not die? Because once again, I'm like, that's probably... that. I'm sure that happened. They did that. They yeah, they did that. that. As far as I know, they did that. Um, Schwarzenegger was great in this, as he was in the first one. Um, the outfit that he was wearing made sense. His sunglasses that he was wearing made sense. And this is all leading up to something here very soon. Um, The motorcycle that he was riding, everything made sense. And I'm like, I didn't question like, huh, you kind of look, you kind of look goofy in those sunglasses there, Arnie. No, no, you didn't. You looked badass. You looked like a badass. Um, The story, it's just everything, everything about that movie much like Aliens, much like James Cameron's Aliens, it just yep. works flawlessly. I, Of all the James Cameron movies, I think the Aliens is probably my favorite, but this is nipping at its heels. This is just fantastic. Fantastic. Um, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> <clears throat> wait, wait, wait. Which cut did you watch? I watched the extended cut. Okay, perfect. Yep. Um, I like the bit where they take out, like they peel back his scalp and they take out the Thing I I don't believe that was in the theatrical. I could be no, wrong. it wasn't. It was not. Okay, but wasn't that impressive? I sent you that picture. We talked about it. Before yes, that's so cool. I Linda had no Hamil- idea. Linda Hamilton has a twin sister, and they used her in the fake mirror trick. That was amazing. But uh, yeah, that was 1990 was when that movie came out. I was still actually I remember the first time I saw a trailer for it. I was on vacation with my mom and dad, probably Gatlinburg or somewhere, whatever, and I saw the trailer on the TV, and I'm like, well, that looks like something that I can't wait to watch years from now. (laughs) Yeah, at a friend's house. Did you, Um, T2 better than T1? hmm. That was something we discussed before. You know, I think so. I love the first Terminator, but oh man, that T2 is just balls to the wall awesome. It's it Alien is, and Aliens for me. It's the same thing. I yeah. love the first entry, but the second one is just nuts. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I would, I think the slight nod to the second one. Although I still love the first one. This the first one has a bit more of a horror science fiction feel, where this one is like Aliens. This one either is more science fiction action, uh, but they're both damn near perfect. Well, I think that that T two is pretty much perfect. Yep. Um, even young Edward Furlong, I think that he was fine in this movie. Uh, and you get that awesome Guns N' Roses song. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that hasn't aged quite so well, but uh, it's iconic at this point. It's like, that goes with that movie. It's coming up in a future sequel you're going to watch, I think. So I just wanted to remind you of that song. <laughs> oh, they pl- Oh, great. No, no, in a good way. In a good way. Oh, okay. Is it, you could be my yang? Oh, it's the same song. It's, you bitch, name, bling, 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 cooking, whatever it is. Um, okay. moving on. Um, let's just, let's just rip this bandaid off. Um, Terminator 3. <laughs> Long defended on this show. Uh, Rise of the Elton John glasses. Um, there's this movie now. Um, I've defended this movie ever since I saw it the first time in the theater, possibly with you, I'd have, probably, um, like, yeah, it's the lady bad guy, and she's hot, and Nick Stahl's John Connor, which I must say, he is a good John Connor, 
Um, and Schwarzenegger's back, filled with funny quips and just a robotic way about him that doesn't work like it did in the first two. Oh, uh, he's being a different Terminator. He's a different yeah. uh, issue. Yeah, he's he's the great value version, I guess. Um, <laughs> his sunglasses. And I'm not talking about the dumb Elton John glasses that he puts on for a little bit and talk to the hair or whatever he does. I'm talking about the other ones that he puts on. That he wears. I'm like, like I never thought about it in T1 and T2. I'm like, well, in T1 he puts on the sunglasses because... His eye was ripped up. His eye was, yeah. And in Terminator 2, I never questioned why he was wearing sunglasses. And here, I'm like, why are you wearing sunglasses? Take those stupid looking little sunglasses off. Because they're just just a little too small for for Arnie's bigger head. I'm like, you look goofy with those sunglasses. Take them off. And no, no, keeps them on. Uh, Claire Danes is in it. Um, let's see what else. I... I... Uh, Christina Loken's boobies get big for a little bit so that she can murder a cop. <laughs> um, oh, and... Yeah, uh-huh. I, 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 you're just regurgitating everything I said like a couple months ago on the oh, show, and I'm, and I'm mad because I wanted to come back here defending the movie. Like, ah, sorry, dude, you no. This was I watched it over two nights, and both like the first night I'm like, all right, here we go. You know what? I'm 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 looking forward to this, and then I'm like, ah, I'm getting tired because I'm kind of bored, and uh, and then the next day I thought, okay, um. Okay, Rick and Morty, after, you know, after kids go to bed, I'm like, oh, I gotta finish that, don't I? (sighs) It felt like a roulette. Like, great, yeah, great, I gotta finish this. Gotta finish watching this movie, and uh, missiles go off in the end, and I, I, two and a half, I gave it two and a half out of five. That's totally fair, in my opinion. Yeah. and, And as I've said, many, I'll restate what I've said about this movie for anybody that hasn't heard it already, but... Even a shitty Terminator sequel is better than most shitty sci-fi movies that the sci-fi guy has trouble finding uh, to yeah. watch. Uh, yeah. Horror guy over there, he has to dig through this slop too. Yep. Through horror slop. Sometimes you get a little more forgiving when you've watched a bunch of shitty ones. And yeah. compared to those other movies, this movie's fine, totally entertaining. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, compared, again, we're watching it after Terminator 1 and 2. Fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah, and I literally just had finished Ter- Terminator 2 and the very next night hit and play on T3. And Ooh, I, I, I mean, it's just... It, it, your wife isn't wrong. There are some good action scenes. I like the stuff at uh, Skynet or whatever with the little ships yep. flying around. That was cool. Seeing that was the cool. early ro- iterations of Terminators. I like all that. I like the ending. Uh, but all the jokes... Uh, just wait. I, I w- please don't let this stop you from keep continuing on your Terminator journey yeah. because you you are past the low point. It goes up from here, in my opinion. Even Genesis, you're going to watch that again and be like, you know what? Now that the trailer is out of my head and the first viewing is out of my head and I just kind of watch it, you know what? Better than T3. That's what you're going to say. <laughs> wow. Oh, and I, 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 I used to think this was hanging. It was never better than the first two, but I'm like, 
That is a almost perfect trilogy. <laughs> was I wrong? Whoa, was I wrong? I love it. Uh, I did. I did like the um, the the big car chase thing. Whatever that was good. I was going to ask you too. The a CGI did that hold up for you? That held up pretty. I mean, the, the legit like actually actually destroying cars and stuff through the city. That was good. I liked that. But though there were different definitely parts in there where I'm like, ooh, that's CGI. And even my wife picked out. She's like, that looks like it's. They're on a soundstage. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, and it, it felt like, and I'm sure the budget was huge for this thing, but it didn't feel, a budget, $200 million. And I'm sure that T2 had way less of a budget than that. Uh, and it felt, now that had a budget of $102 million, and it, Half the budget of part three, and this one felt smaller. Everything about it felt not as epic. It didn't, I mean, it, it Teeny. felt, a, yeah. So. I totally, <sighs> I totally, this is why I wanted you to watch them back to back to back, like close together so that you can have a real, I don't know, even perspective of, uh, I don't want any, I don't want time to like loosen your opinions. Yeah. Um, or Claire, Claire Danes opinions. in the end when the, uh, you're fucked, you're, you're, you're terminated, bitch, or whatever. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry for all the sound effects, but that's what I was, my brain was thinking these awful thoughts. (laughs) You're fine. It's just the last time I watched it, we've just, we've defended that movie so many times on this show. Uh And the last time I watched it, I was like, we are fucking wrong. Like (laughs) it's got good action and it's got that ending, but we are wrong. (laughs) It, in my opinion, it is the least of the Terminator series. I will go out on that Island of fucking salvation. The McGee joint and Gen Isis are better films than Part Three. And at this point, without even seeing them, I haven't—I've only seen Gen Isis once, and I haven't seen Salvation for quite a while. I'm uh, <laughs> my bets are—I'm I'm betting it. I mean, I'm putting it all in on those. <laughs> I all think. That, I think now that you have survived the. the uh, uh, 500 foot shit pipe that Andy Dufresne swam through. I think that you will come out the other end and be like, I, I enjoy these move four and five. I, they're not great, but I enjoy them. I think you'll have a new appreciation for them. I can't wait to hear you talk about them, but please try and watch them in the next couple of weeks. I'm I'm going to actually, I would guess by the next episode that we tape, I'll have at least watched salvation. Um, but I, Oh, I well, need you a... need to get that done quick because we're coming to October. Oh, it's going to be a horror-thon, so you better pound yeah. those two out. Yeah, I got to just, yeah, just raw dog those bad boys. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll do I'll do one more uh, short one here. This is more like a PSA than a review, and then I'll be done. Okay. Uh, the Making of Tusk, Walrus, yes. There's a... Doc that was uh, put on YouTube it's from Kevin Smith about the making of Tusk. If you don't know much about that movie or the making of it, there's a bunch of behind-the-scenes footage. Go to YouTube and Google Walrus Yes. You'll be able to find it. They just put it out. 90-minute documentary. They just... Uh, just here, here it is on YouTube for free. They put it all together, and Josh Routh edited it. He's uh, in the Smith kind of movie family a bit, and he's from Ohio. I've talked to him on Twitter a few times. Good, good dude. But he put that thing together, and he's currently working on a documentary that he made with about. Ah, oh, fuck me. What is the name of the guy? The guy in Tusk. What's his name? Um, uh, Justin Long. No, no, no. The the older guy. Oh, oh, yeah. Away. Legendary actor. No, 
Michael, Michael Parks. Parks. There we yeah. go. We came up with the same time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Michael Parks. He he was his, like, personal assistant or something on that shoot, I think. And that's how he got to know him. And then he decided to make a documentary about him and spent a bunch of time with him. I can't wait to see it. I don't know when it's coming out or where or how, but when it does... I will be watching that shit because Michael Parks is a legendary actor. Yeah, he is. Amazing guy. I can't wait to see that, uh, whatever Josh puts together there. Uh, but Walrus, yes, was a fine documentary. It was, it was not like a lights out documentary, like the abyss doc or, you know, one of those where you got to see this shit, but, mm-hmm. but it was cool to see if you're a fan of that movie, which I am. And so it was entertaining. Or if you're a fan of, you know, Jane Silent Bob, that kind of whole universe. I, it, was, I was, it was fine. But uh, not one that I'm like, holy shit, you got to see this shit. Uh, it was just a nice little kind of friendly behind the scenes kind of shoot. Uh, for you, you'd probably, eh, I don't, you're not a huge fan of Tusk, are you? I was okay. I'm... Yeah. I don't think you'd be in for a 90 minute doc of it, though. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, back to you. If you want to do another one, that's fine. Or we can do coming soon and wrap up. Um, I'm going to just hit on one more real quick and then I'll be done. Uh, I finished up The Exorcist Season 2 and the last season. It was uh, only two seasons and it got canceled, which is unfortunate because uh, Season 2 was very, very good. Uh, well, you burned through that. Oh, yeah. It was good. Like, much like the first season, uh, there were there were several evenings to where I would... Um, I would watch one or two episodes of Rick and Morty, and then I would watch an episode of Exorcist. And that's like, that's, we're talking like primetime real estate in the evening that I was giving up for this TV show. But boy, the shit that they get away with now on TV shows versus back when I was a kid. This is firmly like R-rated stuff here. What's What platform was that released on? Uh, Well, I have the, I got it on Vudu, but this was, I think... CBS or and this was one of the really? regular yeah this was one of the regular channels wow and it's I mean evil shit uh, evil um I do uh, I I wasn't prepared for the uh, the cast uh, I was like whoa they got John Cho in this and he's like the main like one of the main stars of season two that John Cho's from from uh, yeah I know who you mean yeah and he is I'll tell you what that guy is a great actor. He's a great actor. Hell yeah, he Watching is. him in this, I'm like, this guy is like, he needs to be in more movies. Cause uh, he, he just got cast in a big, uh, hold on, I'll look it up. Never mind. Keep going with your okay. thing. He just got cast in something I was going to look up. A, a he, big, uh, well, anyway, so John Cho is uh, this this um, foster parent on this island where he has a, a couple of kids that he watches over. And uh, his wife committed suicide on this island. And... Um, there's two priests that are from the first uh, first season that, uh, in a roundabout way, I don't want to say too much. This is a really, really good show. They make their way to the island because there is evil on the island. Um, what's cool about this show is there's the, you know, we have our main possession storyline going on. But there's also, and this is what really sucks about the fact that this show is canceled. There's a side story to where the Catholic Church has been infiltrated by demons that are... Uh, possessing priests and like infiltrating the church and killing off all of the exorcists so that they cannot be exorcised anymore. And it is so cool. Uh, there, it's almost like this, oh, how do I say it? Like, um, eyes wide shut type of society where they get together and they 
oh, it's creepy. And they they snort this powder stuff in the air and then their eyes get all funky, weird, creepy. And it's legit creepy. Um, but big thumbs up. There were a couple episodes in the mid, and we've talked about this before on other shows. Where midway point, where I'm like, okay, let's let's get on with it, guys. And that happens so often in these in series like this. I feel like, like it happens more often in in the the big CBS, NBC, ABC, like those kinds of channels, yeah. more so than it does in the HBOs. And yeah, the it's almost like they have. They feel like they got to. Here's our ten episodes. We have to get ten episodes worth. And there's a couple episodes where I'm like. These could have been condensed to one episode. Yeah, they definitely could have been condensed down. But all in all, big thumbs up, high production values, good acting. Uh, it's just unfortunate that, I mean, they're, this was left almost as, well, not almost. This was a cliffhanger episode, Ender, season Ender. And I'm like, oh, great. That's, that's it. Done. Uh, uh, here's what John Cho was cast in recently that was notable to me. Um, a live action remake of an anime series. Where you have to, the role he was cast in, you have to be super cool. You have to be convincingly fly sci-fi spaceships, and you got to be Bruce Lee level uh, martial arts with mm. his style of martial arts. Can he do those things? Have we seen that in anything sci-fi? Uh, Star no, maybe Star Trek. Trek. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Uh, he was cast as Spike Spiegel in the Cowboy Bebop live action remake. That is. Huge! We're talking about the, in my opinion, arguably the greatest anime show ever made, ever. And you're going to watch it one day. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> I have it on Blu-ray. I oh, it's so good. But there, there was a lot of controversy about these castings because, uh, when he was voiced, his voice is so iconic here in the states because, and he was voiced by a white guy. But it's an Asian Japanese show. Mm-hmm. The, but the voice actor that does Spike's voice in the the American version, it's such an iconic kind of deep tonal voice, almost like uh, oh boy, what can I compare it to? Um, Lando is a Colt forty five, oh, like it's something. Yeah. He's a white dude, but I mean, it's got that certain tenor that it just you know who that guy is. It's great, but. Spike should not be a white guy if you're redoing it in a live action. And they picked a an Asian actor to do it, yeah. and he's going to have to uh, train up. I know that Good. he did some martial arts in Star Trek with fencing and whatnot, but y- yeah. y- you got to be Bruce Lee. I mean, he Spike does Bruce Lee Jeet Kune Do in that animated... Oh, so freaking good. Uh, it just, it's just the detail. The attention yeah. to detail in the animated show is why I get worked up. Anyway, sorry. Back to uh, Exorcist show. No, well, I did... Big thumbs up. Um, I, I'm, it's on my voodoo. So sometime you should. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm into the, I'm into this type of subject matter. So I really like it. I'm not sure where you'd fall on it, but um, it, it's in there if you ever want to watch it. Uh, but unfortunately, it is left with a cliffhanger, and then it's done. So, like done, done. It didn't get renewed. It's done. It's this it hasn't been renewed. It's no. canceled, which is unfortunate. But yeah, I'm glad I watched it. That's it. John Cho is also in the upcoming The Grudge remake. Remake of the remake of the remake. And Between Two Ferns. I'm sure that'll make an appearance on a roulette coming soon. No, probably. Similars involved. Okay, coming soon. You're up first. Um, (laughs) What you got coming soon? soon. Uh, Terminator Salvation. Yeah, and Um, Genisys. (laughs) Genisys, Rick and Morty Season 3. And... 
Uh, well, Joker is not till next weekend. Not this coming weekend, but next. Um, uh, in my, I've got a, st- a stack of my shit. You know the drill. <laughs> I, yeah, I also have stacks of VHS shit here that I'm going to be watching, along yeah. with uh, Dark Crystal, the series on Netflix. Oh, I have yeah, got to get started on that. Frickin' TJ was talk. I was talk- PMing with him about it, and he finished it up. I gotta get on it. I gotta get on that shit. Uh, did you watch Dark Crystal growing up? I think I've seen it one time. I saw it once, and the first time was just a couple years ago. I j- it was just one that missed my radar as a kid, you know? Some of us were the never-ending story kids, and some of us were Dark Crystal kids. Yeah. It was amazing. I, I think it's probably too dark and witchy is probably why I didn't see it as a kid with my parents. Yeah. Uh, but I have got to see that new series. It looks awesome. There's another series on Netflix called Unbelievable that I want to check out based on a true story. Uh, and I, for some, the OCD part of my brain back here was like, you should make a, sp- do you, are you a spreadsheet database guy? Cause I'm a spreadsheet database guy. Eh, I mean, kind of. I figured with your OCD, maybe you'd be into that, but. I, I should make a spreadsheet that has my comics in it, so I know what I need and know oh. what I, you know, need to pick up. And because I'm going through these quarter boxes, sometimes it's hard to, you know, there's 800 detective comics. I, it's hard to keep track of which ones you have and you don't have. I should put those together in a nice spreadsheet that's all color coded with numbers that I can check off. And I am halfway through my one long box of three, and I'm just hating life. But I gotta <laughs> finish it. I, it. The OCD part of my brain just checked it off. We're doing this. So, yeah. uh, there's probably gonna be a lot of VHS watched in the future. And that's it. Alright. Good deal. Um, yeah. So now time to go get your ass kicked to karate? And <laughs> no, I'm just... Oh. Is, it a, is it a judo night? or? No, it's, it's our uh, transition night, and it's basically where you're Getting your dick ripped off and replaced with a vagina. <laughs> that already happened. Uh, it's <laughs> it's where you're. Um, it's basically takedowns. It's like next week is jujitsu, but this week is like transition to from from standing up fighting to ground. So I'm gonna be. It's I'm tossing, gonna just, tossing, yeah. tossing, tossing. And the guy that I'm with, he's a big dude. Oh. Hey, uh, let's see. You get the first. Uh, you get the first soundbite this week, and guess what's going to be right up front, <laughs> sir? He is of good breeding age. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna edit those two bits together. How the magic just happens on this show. <laughs> oh, happens? I got to pee. My gut's hurting. You're about to go get tossed by a man. Yeah. <laughs> Who is of good breeding. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. <sighs> All right. I'll, uh, I'll see you next time. Yep. Bye. <laughs> Bye. listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us, facebook.com 
backslash Movie Freaks Pod on Twitter at Movie Freaks Pod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.